Let's indeed commit ourselves into God's hands. In the book of Matthew, chapter 13, Jesus gave a number of parables. He says, The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the, high, by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore, and he spake many things unto them in parables. And when, and saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell onto good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. I want us to go back and bow our heads indeed and talk to God and say, Today, as your word comes, let it find a good soil in my heart. Let it find a good ground. Let it take deep root. Let it bear fruit in the name of Jesus. Father, this is our desire this day. That indeed, as you have been speaking unto us, even since last night, concerning your love, and all through this morning as we have been singing of your love, we have been consecrating ourselves unto you, saying we love you. And you have been telling us, O oh God, even in the prayer sessions, that you demand more for us. That we have been made for more. That we will not sit in our comfort zones and continue to hear your word and not bring forth fruit. Father, let your word find a root in our lives, O God, today. Let it find a good soil of our hearts, O God, that we might bring forth fruits to your glory. In the name of Jesus, blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's always a beautiful time indeed to be in God's presence. Praise the Lord. You know, as we gathered last night, for some of us who were here, to pray, and our brother was leading us, and um, we prayed on, on love and on forgiveness in particular. And this morning we came and almost all the songs we were singing was talking about God's love and our love for him. 
And I just show them my spirit because indeed that's what God is talking to us about today. And our brother was leading us on the time in time of prayer and saying God wants us to come out of our comfort zones and that we are made for more. Amen. Praise the Lord. So today we'll continue our study on the subject of love. And um one of the things that we know from experience, indeed, is that the love of God is sure in our lives. Amen? God has demonstrated in love, His love for us. He expressed it fully in Christ. We talked about that the last time when we were talking on this subject. We said God has released unto us a package. Amen? The grace package. Praise the Lord. And you know, love is a very key subject. The Bible says in the book of 1 John, chapter 4, 7, and 8, that God is who? God himself is love. Amen? He said God is love. In the book of Matthew 22, 37 and 38, Jesus said to those who asked him the question, he says, love is the greatest commandment. All the commandments are summarized in that, in that word, love. Love is a strong force. The Songs of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 6, the scripture says, love is as strong as death. You know, recently I was talking with my wife, permit me to share that, and she asked me, she said, have you ever been in love? <laughs> I'm sure she's a bit embarrassed. I said, I said wow. I, I believe I answered the question. But I'm not sure if I passed the test. <laughs> so that's a test question. I believe I answered it correctly. But, uh, you know, God is asking us the same. Have you ever been in love with me? We all know, most of us are sitting with our spouses here, and I'm sure love was the beginning of it. Amen? Love is a strong force. The Bible says love is as strong as death. Our Christian life without love equals zero. That's what we read in 1 Corinthians 13. It says we can do anything. We can speak in tongues. We can, we can pray. We can do all. Without love, he said, it all amounts to zero. Amen? And at the last section of that verse, of that chapter, it says, And now abided faith, hope, and charity. These three, but the greatest is what? It's love. It's charity. In King James Version, that is active love. Love is active. The Bible says, because God loves us, he did what? He gave. Praise the Lord. So the love of God has been expressed fully in Christ. Wisdom, righteousness, and sanctification, and in our redemption. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in John 3, in, John, in Romans 8, let's do Romans 8.32. The Bible says, He did not spare anything. It says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us. How shall he not with him also Freely give us how many things? All things. 
God's love is 100%. God did not spare anything. Love gives the best. Amen? And God demonstrating his love for us, he gave us his best. And he says every other thing he's going to give to us. Praise the Lord. He says he has given us all that so that we can be partakers of his nature. Of his holiness. Praise the Lord. Second Peter 1, 3 and 4, he says he has given us all things that pertain to, to life and to godliness. So that by this we may be partakers of of his divine nature. We we escape the corruption that is in the world. Amen? Praise the Lord. And in the book of Isaiah 43, 3-5, the Bible says, Since thou was precious in my sight, he was talking to Israel, his own. The Bible says, the Bible told us in, in that same 43 that we are his. Amen? He says, since thou was precious in my sight, verse 3 and 5, since thou was precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have done what? I have loved thee. Verse 4, I have loved thee, therefore will I give men for thee, and people for thy life. Praise the Lord. You know, God says that because he loves us, he will give men for us. Anyone who will come against us, the Lord will stand for us. Amen? That's, that's an awesome promise. Amen? His love is limitless. It has no bounds. It has no, no, no depth, no height, no, 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 no limits to the extent of his love. And his love is constant. You know, in the love equation, God's love is the constant. Amen? It doesn't take different values in different situations. His love is unconditional. You cannot, it does not depend on who you are or how you are or what you are. That's why he says that nothing can keep us from the love of Christ. Amen? Paul says, for I am persuaded, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, powers, or things present, or things to come, nor height, nor any creature shall be able to do what? To separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ our Lord. His love is everlasting. In Jeremiah 31, he says, the Lord had appeared of old. Let's look at it, please. I know we are moving a bit fast, but let's look at some of the scriptures. It says, the Lord had, had what? The Lord had appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, verse 2 and 4, Yea, I have done what? I have loved thee with what? With an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. His love is everlasting. His love is not earned. We did not earn it. It's unmerited, undeserved. But I say, while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. He said, but God, in Ephesians 2 verse 4, He said, but God, who is rich in mercy, 
Ephesians 2, chapter 3, from verse, uh, Ephesians, Ephesians 2, 3 and 4, among whom also we had our conversation in times past, in the loss of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherein he loves us. Even when we are dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by his grace, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. That is God. The Bible says in Romans 5, 8, For God commanded his love towards us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen? So we see in summary that God, in practical terms, has demonstrated his love for us. Amen? He says, no matter how far we have fallen, or what our situation is, no matter what you are going through right now, the love of God stands what? Sure. Amen? And in that case, because of his love, he's able to restore. Praise the Lord. He's able to restore. As a child of God, there is nothing in this world that you need for your life that God has not made provision for. He has made it available in Christ because of his love. Amen? And anyone or anything that will raise up itself against his purpose for your life receives his personal judgment and condemnation. Amen? God takes it personally. You know, quite often in this world, people say, don't take it what? Personally. In other words, it's just a principle. It's just the way things are. But God says anything or any, any, any man, both in the, in the realm of the spirit or in the physical, that comes against God's counsel or purpose for your life, God himself will respond to it. Amen? Why? Because of his love. Amen? So this is the God that we have come to this afternoon. And today we were singing that we love him. And I would just like us to, indeed, take a song in worship to this love, to this God that has loved us so much. I want us to just rise up as we sing a short song to worship this Lord. We have been singing all day this morning. We're going to enthrone Jesus in our lives. This one that loves us so much, we're going to say, Jesus, we enthrone you. As Lord, you deserve this place in our heart. I want you to just, in response to this goodness, to this, to this mercy, to this love, just worship Him from the depth of your heart. Jesus, we enthrone you. You are King, standing here in the midst of all, we raise you up with 
Consecrate yourself afresh unto Him. Say, God, I love you. I want to love you. Give me grace to love you the more. And my life will be indeed, it will be a love life with you, O oh God. Everything that challenges my love for you, everything that hinders my true expression of love for you, I put aside now. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. You may be seated. So we, we, we have just sang that we love Him. You know, we're not the only one that claims we love God. In the book of John 21, Jesus asked Peter, I've been with him for many years. Jesus said to John, to Peter, Lovest thou me? Many times Peter said, Peter, in fact, the Bible says Peter got irritated. And I don't know whether any of us here will feel irritated as the Lord is asking us, Do you love me? 
Many of us, will, like Peter, believe that we love God. And Peter actually seriously believed that he loved Jesus. But if the Holy Spirit were to examine us closely, if the Holy Spirit were to examine us closely, will our love pass the test? Will our love pass the examination? In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 33, Verse 31. It says, And they come unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but they will not do them. Say, For with their mouth they shew much love. With their mouth, they do what? They shew much love. But their heart goeth after their covetousness. That was one indication of where the love test, where it failed. So today we're going to look at some evidences. What are the evidences of true love? What are the evidences of true love? A true love for God. In response to this God who has loved us so much, He gave us 100%. And in fact, demands that we should love Him. But that's only, only right, if you like. That's just right. Praise the Lord. It's just right that he should demand our love in response. And when Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Peter said, of course I did, but we know that he knew better. That was why he was asking. And the same day, this, this day, the Lord is asking us, lovest thou me? One true evidence, one clear evidence of true love is that it has to be what? It has to be real. It has to be deep. And it has to be free of distractions. It has to be free of thorns and tears. In the book of Matthew that we read, in Matthew chapter 13, we see one clear evidence of the challenge of love. Jesus says, without depth, the word of God does not profit in the lives of any man. He says in verse 6, And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no what? No root. They withered away. We all started with God, with love. But if our love has no depth, if our love does not have deep root, just like the seed that was sown that has no deep root, it will do what? It will wither away. It will not last. And in verse 7, And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up, and did what? And choked them. 
So the seed that sprung up, what, what happened to it? It was choked. By what? By the thorns. So our love, besides being real, genuine from our heart, must also what? Grow deep. Amen? It has to be deeper by the day. Amen? If it does not, it will not survive. It will not make it at the end of the day. Praise the Lord. And what makes it very challenging is that at the end of the day, if you look at verse 23, Jesus was explaining that parable. Because the disciples came to him and he was, he was explaining unto them. He said, but he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receive it, yet he had no what? No root in himself. But dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, and by and by he is what? He is offended, he falls away. He also that receiveth seed among the tongues is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the world and he becometh what? Unfruitful. But he that receiveth the seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word, understandeth it, which also bear fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold and some sixtyfold. Praise the Lord. And so that's how the kingdom of God is likened. Say the kingdom of heaven, verse 24, is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But when men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. See, what's happening here is that this person received the word, and the word had what? The word had opportunity to do what? To germinate, and was producing, it came up, the blades came up. But the Bible says, when men slept, the enemy did what? Planted tears and thorns. And as the blade of the word was bringing, was coming forth, the fruit of it, there was also what? There were also the tears and the tons. They were coming up together. Praise the Lord. And then the servants of the household came and said unto him, Sir, did not thou sow good seed in thy field from when then had it tears? He said unto them, An enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, Without then, that we go and gather them up. But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together, first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Praise the Lord. You see, the, 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 the danger 
of this situation where the, the tears and the tons and the wheat are growing together is that the Lord reserves the cleansing for when? For the end. And at the end of it all, the tears and the tons were gathered together and what? And born. When the Bible talks about burning, he's talking about hell. And then the wheat were gathered into where? Into his barn. That's heaven. The danger of our life, when it has no depth of love, is that we can go on living our lives without depth of love for God in all our professions and we claim to be believers. And the Lord is reserving that cleansing, that separation until when? Until the end. That's the real, real big danger here. That's why in the book of Matthew 7, it's always a very, you know, disturbing comment whenever I read it. It says, Wherefore by their fruits you shall know them, verse 20, from verse 19, say, Every tree that bringeth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Not every one that saith unto me, Who? Lord, Lord. Shall do what? Shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. So you see, the time when the tares and the tons will be gathered into hell, the tares will say, well, We are also part of the seed. We, we came up as well. Why are you, what's wrong? Why are you? gathering us? Why are you putting us to hell? Why are you trying to burn us? Because they say, Lord, Lord. That's to believers. Because they were living all their life in what? In deceit. The trick of the enemy in our time, today, as believers, is that the enemy puts us in our comfort zones. And we stay in God's presence. And we live our life and we do our things the way we choose to. And we allow the, 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 the tears and tons of this world to choke the word of God in our lives. So that we do not truly and totally bring forth the fruits unto righteousness. And then we continue. And then the enemy will not, he has come to sow the tears and the tons and then he leaves. So that at the end of the day he will... He will be gathered. He said, no, these ones are mine. They are sitting there, but they are mine. They are sitting among the wheat, but they are mine. And that's why I believe that the Lord does not want to wait for us on the day of harvest before he begins to, to tidy us up. Amen? And that's why I believe we are studying this today. So, a life that has True love for God is a life that has true 
love from the heart. Amen? And love that is deep and free of tears and taunts. You may ask, what are these tears and taunts? What are these tears and taunts? The cares of this world. In the book of Second Timothy, Paul was writing to Timothy in chapter 2. Let's look at verse 3 says, Thou therefore endure hardness, not only comfort, but what? Hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He said, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who had chosen him to be what? To be a soldier. Praise the Lord. The truth about our life is that for us to please him that has called us to be soldiers, we have to remove ourselves, separate ourselves from the affairs of this world. We cannot entangle ourselves with the tears and taunts that the enemy would like to throw at us. Praise the Lord. And the tears, you see, the deceit that the enemy is propagating in the church today is that we can have the wheat along with the tears and the tongues together. We can have Jesus and all the things that the world has to offer as well. Those things that choke the word of God from our lives. We can be comfortable to come to church every Friday and worship Him and sing. And, and then we can go back and just live our normal, ordinary life in pursuit of legitimate happiness, right? In pursuit of money. In pursuit of, of the good things that the world has. And when we are pursuing them, the, 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 the challenges of compromise come to our lives. And then we can, we can patch up along the line. We can, we can busy ourselves with all other pursuits in addition to pursuit of God. And while retaining the issues of unforgiveness, like last night we were praying about forgiveness, we can retain some bit of unforgiveness because that brother or sister, he deserves it. I don't want to have anything to do with him. Our paths will not cross. But we are both in the, we are both in the bread of life fellowship, you know. But we keep our distance, you know. And today we say, let God show us a fresh understanding of brotherly love. That's what God is really telling us. I want to show you a fresh understanding of brotherly love. The tones and tears of this life is 
a pursuit of money, for instance. We can retain petty jealousies, malice. We are comfortable with that as believers. Many of us are comfortable to sin occasionally, willfully. It's not that we make a mistake. We know, we, we say, yeah, it's a little sin. I can get away with it and I can repent later. We're very comfortable with that. Those are the tears and the tones. Gossip, backbiting, petty jealousies, willful sin, like we said. Lack of love, even for our enemy. You know, when Jesus says you love your enemies, he says, no, there are some, there are some commandments we, we just don't take seriously. That's for extreme people. How can I love my enemy? We, we can safely, you know, disobey those kind of commandments. Because that's for extremists. Or if he says, Somebody slaps you on the left and should turn the, the right so that he can slap again, right? <laughs> Those ones are not for us. Amen? We sit in our comfort zones as believers and we are ready to go on. Self-will. You see, that's why Jesus says that no man can come to me, can be my disciple, except he hate his own, what? Life. Not just father and mother and, and he has to hate himself. Praise the Lord. Those are hard sayings, I believe. The result of these tons and tears and our comfort zone Christian life is that we don't have what? Death. And at the end of the day, the world does not profit. It does not produce the result in our lives. The question is, do you have tears and tons in your life? I mean, let me be honest with you. I've been studying this for myself. And God has shown me a lot of tears and tons in my life. So I'm not just preaching to you. But He wants us to get rid of tears and tons from our lives. Amen? So that He doesn't appoint us our portion with the unbelievers at the end of the day at the harvest. Praise the Lord. The question is, how do I get rid of tears and tones in our lives, in my life? How do I love God 100%? How do I obey Him 100%? A life that truly loves God is a life that is 100% given to God. Amen? That's what we were singing again this morning. I will give Him my life 100%. God gave us 100%. So, 99% is not acceptable to him. In fact, God's demand is, you give me 100 or you keep your life. Keep it. You see, God is so mighty, so great. The Bible says, the, this whole, the galaxies, the, the earth before God is so tiny. The earth, <laughs> the earth is so small. Not to talk of you. But he has chosen to build a relationship with you. And then in response, he puts so much, he puts so much love to, to your life. And in response, you're giving him 80%. You know what that means? 
what it means is that we say, God, you can compete for the remaining 20%. That's what we're saying to God. That's, an, that's a terrible insult, isn't it? To this great God. You say, yeah, okay, I can give you 80 or even 99.9, but the remaining 0.1, you have to try. You know, you have to, you have to struggle a bit because you are not equal to it. You see, the lie of the devil of our time also is that we can give God 99.9%. That the rest of point one, we can struggle a bit. You know, we are not yet there. We are growing. and all. We make all the excuses. But that's not the issue. What we are saying to God, indeed, is that He's not worthy of the remaining balance. And the, 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 the latest lie is that we can pursue God alongside with other pursuits. We can pursue God. And that's why we have, some of us are here. We're giving God His due time once in a week, right? We come and pray, we do all that. But the rest, we can go our own way and take and run our lives. And in other words, God, you can, you're not worthy of the balance. The devil tells us today that the rest is for extremists. But God actually has not called normal people to love Him. He has called extremists to love Him. Amen? Praise the Lord. That's why He says you have to hate your own life if you, are, if you want to be worthy of my... In the, look of, in the book of Luke 14, it's always a struggle for me whenever I have to share. The time always seems not to cooperate. In the book of Luke fourteen twenty six, the Bible says, If a man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, and yea, his own life, he cannot what? He cannot. The word there is he cannot. Sometimes we talk about give more time to God. No. He, he deserves all our time. We don't need to make more time for him. In fact, what happens is we give him everything. All the time we spend at work, anywhere else, with our children. You know, sometimes the the lie of the devil today is that God comes first. That's not true. God is the only one we have. We can't put him first. When we say we put him first... What we are saying is that he has to compete and then he comes first. No. He is the only one. And that's the only, only understanding that will change our lives. Amen? That God is only one we have. He's the only one that will give our life, our time, and all that we have. You see, 10% is not enough. He owns our money. And some of us, when we struggle, we struggle with 10%. That's why when, the, when Jesus was looking at those who gave in the, in, the, in, in, in the temple, it was the woman that gave 100% that pleased him, that, was in, that impressed him. Praise the Lord. And that's what is the test today. 
a consecration. 100% consecration is either 100 or nothing. God doesn't want anything less. Amen? Because he, he gave us all that he has. And he does not deserve anything less. The other evidence of our true love is so obvious. is obedience. In the book of John 14:15, these are well-known scriptures, but the Lord is reminding us these things. The book of John 14:15. It says, "If you love me, keep my commandments." In the book of Second John. John, Second John, chapter one. Verse 6, it says, Second John, verse 6 and 7, and this is what? That, and this is what? Love. That we walk after his commandments. Praise the Lord. Love and obedience go together. There's so many scriptures we can share on this. I'm, I'm sure we're not hearing this for the first time. If we say we love him, we obey him 100%. You know, our obedience here is not occasional. It's not as it fits our comfort zone life. If it does not fit our comfort zone life, then we, 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 are, we are praying about it. Amen? So that God will make it clearer. Praise the Lord. And this, so a desire to obey Him 100% is the starting point. The starting point is a desire to obey Him Hundred percent, and the obedience has to be what prompt and total. Praise the Lord. Otherwise, it does not show that we love Him. You know why it's very important. Why it's really why it's really important. To, to obey him. The Bible says, if we say that we love him and we do not obey him, then we are what? We are liars. You know that the scripture says liars will not enter heaven. That's what it means. Liars will not enter heaven. It says we wrestle not against principalities and powers, but against we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. He said, we shall do what? We shall command them, O God. We shall make them to be subject to the obedience of Christ. When? After your obedience is complete. Complete obedience is not that occasional obedience. It's 100% obedience. So, you see, whenever we command the principalities and powers... And they don't respond. It's because we are not different from them. 
they are in disobedience. You know, where the devil started was the disobedience. That's why the scripture says the children are walking after the spirit of disobedience. Praise the Lord. So, the true expression of love for God is that we are ready to obey Him 100%. And our time is not on our side, but another evidence, true evidence of true love for God is a love for one another. Praise the Lord. You know, we have, our pastors have shared on this over time. We've shared, this is a beating subject. But the question is, why is it not moving in our lives? It goes back to the tears and turns. We We have comfortably accepted that we can love God 99%. And allow this remaining 1%. God has to struggle with this remaining 1%. Disobedience. Lack of love. You know. God has to struggle for our time. God has to struggle for so many things in our lives. And we think that is good enough. The truth about the tears and tongues is that the tears are not believers. That's why in the book of Revelations 3.14 that's what the, the, the end time harvest the, the, that's what the harvest at the end of the time is all about. is to separate the believers from the unbelievers. And as long as we allow these tears and tones in our lives and we think we love God we're deceiving ourselves. That's why Jesus, when he, uh, when he was talking to the Laodicean church, he said, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, right, these things said the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works. Thou art what? Lukewarm. And neither cold nor hot. I will do what? I will spew you out of my mouth. Because thou seest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art what? Wretched. Miserable. Poor and blind. And what? And naked. Why don't you go to God today and say, God, I have heard your word. I say, let him that have here, hear. I don't want you to compete with anything in my life anymore. I give you my life. I release malice. I pursue only you. You alone. You alone. You alone are God in my life. I enthrone you as God completely, 100%. I give you my life totally. I'm ready to obey. I am ready to obey. I'm going to pray, pray through prayer points. Just two prayer points. That's the good news of God's message to us today. He says, I will give them a heart of flesh. 
I will replace the stony heart with a, with a flesh heart. Say, so God, replace the stony heart. Replace the heart of compromise. A heart that is not ready to give all to you. I'm no longer comfortable with this situation in my life. I want, to, I want you to change my life. Change my heart, O oh God. Change my heart. Lord, give me the grace to respond appropriately to your love. 100%. In 100% consecration. In 100% obedience. In 100% love for my brethren. I remove all the tears and tones in my life. And I ask you, have your way, O oh God. 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 Let's commit our lives into God's hand. This is a serious word from God. So the separation is at the end. We don't want to be in the church and to be apportioned together with the unbelievers in hell. No, we don't want to be separated out into hell. We want to be separated into heaven, into the barn of God. Why don't we ask the Lord? Peradventure that love has never been sown in our lives. This is the day that the Holy Ghost can do it for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Our God in heaven, we want to thank you for your word. Indeed, you've sent your word out of your love. You have made us to see the reality of separation at the end. And every one of us in this auditorium this afternoon, Lord, we don't want to have our portion with the unbelievers. Throughout our lives, we have declared that we love you. And we come together to worship you, Lord. At the end, to be separated with them. Oh God, that's not our portion. That's not our desire. And so we come before you this afternoon, oh God. That where the Holy Ghost has not planted your love in our hearts. Oh God, this afternoon. Do it in our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we are praying this afternoon that everything that makes us complacent to your word, so that at the end we'll be swept away. Lord, we pray, uproot it from our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we are asking this afternoon that you will change our hearts indeed. Give us a heart of flesh that will respond to your word. When we hear your word from the pulpit, when we read your word from our Bibles, that we will tremble at your word. We will change our lives according to your word. Father, we pray, give us such a heart this afternoon in Jesus' name. Lord, every cloud of deception, every cloak of deception, every wool that the enemy has pulled over our eyes, so that we will be destroyed together with him in the air. Father, we pray on account of this world. Let them be burnt out of our lives in Jesus' name. Open our eyes of understanding, so that we will not be deceived and be, and be lost with the world in Jesus' name. Recover us from every lost ground. 
and cause us to stand in your presence, spotless and blameless, before you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for your servant that you have used. More of your anointing bestow upon him. More of your grace multiplying his life. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's rise up as we share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Go in the newness of life.